Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy, and I'm looking for ugly floors. I mean, so ugly, dirt won't stick to it. We can take your ugly garage, basement, porch, or patio and turn it into a work of art in just a couple of days. Is your garage floor so ugly you keep the door closed to prevent anyone from seeing it? We Do Epoxy can fix that. Stop living with ugly concrete. Call me today at 859-582-7920. That's Tony at 859-582-7920. We are Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. What's up, Ray? Tristan, now here's something weird. You're a, sort of a tech guy, right? No. How can <laughs> the farthest? Well, screw it. Literally the farthest from. So it. wouldn't you think that's right? So I'm showing Tristan my iPhone. I'm assuming this is like tied into Greenwich Mean Time. I say your phone is with the technology in it, but how can it be like three minutes off from my car? So you think? What does your phone say for actual time? Mine Same. says three, four. Okay, so and I'm gonna I, go with this. I do trust so like this more car, than the car. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But I was driving down because I left a little later, so I was going by the clock that it gave me more time. <laughs> Always the best a three way. Three minute difference between what's the, the the time given on the dashboard of my car and and my car phone and, and my phone, not my car phone, my cell phone. Which I assume this is this is probably right. So that was just an aside. But what's up, man? How was your trip? Oh man, nice trip. Uh, always nice to yes, get away. Then. No, we went to Amelia Island in Florida. Oh wow, that sounds Kinda, nice. Yeah, new place, uh, pretty in interesting. No, no, on the uh, the on the east side. On the east on the side, Atlantic. Yeah. Oh, really? So off of where? But like, what city's close? Just south of uh, shit. Where's University of Florida? Uh, uh, Gainesville. Nah. Then I'm thinking of somewhere. Or uh, Florida State is. Uh, oh shit! Everybody's yelling now. Florida State. No, <laughs> I want to say, just... say Sarasota, but that's not right. What the fuck is Florida State? No, my, my go to the Google. Top right of Florida. Oh, the, so not too far uh, down. No, not too far down. Not Tallahassee. Oh, my God. Tallahassee. Is, is it isn't Tallahassee? That where, isn't that where Florida State is? It could be, but it's not where we were. What a show this is. Isn't it? Did, I hope everybody tuned in just to hear us try to figure out where I just drove. Geography. <laughs> Tallahassee. Okay. Flor, Florida State is in Tallahassee, which is... Which is still not where I went. Isn't yes. that the state capital? That, that sounds right. Okay, so where did you go? The top right No, no, what's corner. the island? Uh, Amelia Island. So, Amelia, spell it. A-M-E-L-I-A. Okay, so let's just... Let, let's. Are you doing business, man? Actually, I'm looking at baseball stuff. Oh, that does look nice. All right, island in Nassau County, Florida. That's right. Okay, so Amelia Island uh, is part of the Sea Island chain of barrier islands on the U.S. state of Florida's Atlantic coast. History of Spanish, French, British, and American rule. Popular holiday destination known for luxury resorts, golf courses, numerous sandy beaches, sand dunes, a boardwalk, public sports, and recreational. And it was nice? Yeah, looks like it that. was very nice. How though. did you find that? Randomly on the interwebs, as we find everything else these With like a causeway days. driving out to it? Uh, yeah. Off the mainland? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's cool. Not a huge one, but yeah. Yeah, it was very beautiful. island off the coast of Florida. Very pretty. It had the nicest views of any place we've ever stayed. It was oh, no like, shit. There was just like the size of this whole studio was just window overlooking the beach, and it was phenomenal. But I do have to ask you, and, sure. I, and I'm jaded, so maybe, but do you actually like Florida? Like, could you retire to Florida? I mean, I'm Jewish. Of course I could. Ah, okay. 
I'm just not a. It's like, all right, I, I may have said this on the air, and if I offend the Floridians, um, it, it, it's like if I've I've said this, Drizzen. All right, I don't know if you know this or not, but I grew up in New Jersey. Say what? Okay, so if I want loudmouth Northerners, <laughs> I'll go home to Jersey. If I want dumbass rednecks, I'll stay home in Kentucky. Florida combines the worst of both. <laughs> Florida combines the worst of both. It's a bunch of goddamn loudmouth fucking Northerners and a bunch of dumbass rednecks. It is, and a, that's the entire state. It's a fascinating and old mix. People, and old people who are yeah. in God's waiting room. <laughs> that, that's the three, you know. Like yeah. everybody talks about Californians leaving for Florida. Fuck, California is a great state. It's a great state. They can beat up Gavin Newsom. They can talk about how fucked up, but, Cal- but they're wrong. Florida's a fucked up state. <laughs> California is a great state. Like uh, so, so that really is probably how the world divides. Forget or the U.S. divides. Forget blue and red. Either you're a California person or you're a Florida person. I am a California person. See, I'm from California, but I would wedge myself in between. I, I I'm cool with either one. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a down huge with fan him. of Florida. That's why I say to Patty, you know what? If we're going to retire, let's retire in Savannah. Best thing Savannah has going for it, it ain't Florida. <laughs> and that's fair. I think if if I had to choose, you know, if I wasn't going south to like the Keys to retire, yeah, like a Charleston or Savannah, yeah, kind of best of both worlds. The actual history of Florida is that it was, which makes perfect sense when you think about it. You know, because all joking aside, before air conditioning, nobody was going to Florida. In fact, the Seminole, the Seminole are the only Native American tribe that never officially surrendered to the U.S. government. They're in the Everglades. It's like, hey, if you want to come down, and they were like, all right, fuck it, we'll just, you, you we'll, just have it. we'll just call it a draw. Yeah, they're not going into the Everglades. <laughs> so a lot of outlaws, a lot of people who got in trouble in the northern part of the country, headed to Florida. Makes pre, sense. You know, in in the eighteen hundreds, right? Pre Tom Petty talks about it because he was from Gainesville, yeah. And it was like his dad, his grandfather on his dad's side was somebody in Georgia who. The law was after, so he hightailed it down to Florida, and people were like, "Ah, eh, I just leave them alone. There's, you know, no reason to go down there." That's funny. So there is a lot of culture that grew up around kind of outlandish behavior in Florida. Nice, and I don't want to have the world's worst segue, but we have to talk before we really get on our Florida show, which is all we're going to talk about. By the way, is just Florida. Uh, we got to talk Please, about. Let's not. <laughs> we got to talk about Feedspot. I really want to get this in early in the top of the show. We ran. Now you found this. They, they found us, I guess. Feedspot ranked us in the top twenty-five <laughs> of all common sense podcasts. This was maybe what, like five, six months ago. Yeah, I was like, what the hell, Drew? <laughs> so Feedspot.com. Yeah, I don't know how they found us. I guess they just review common sense shows. And they uh, reached out to me. This is maybe a week or so ago, just before the vacation. They We have now moved up the ranking. I don't know how it works, but we're now number six above Rudy Giuliani's oh, comments. Rudy. Screw you, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool. So uh, definitely Very shout cool. out to the good folks at Feedspot.com. conversed with this guy? Yeah, we passed a couple emails back and forth. That's and crazy. he was like, you know, congratulations. You guys have raised up in the ranking. And if I you wonder wanted, who the poor bastard is that had to listen to the show. from. Oh, you do feel bad for that. Must draw straws. He may be ah, the guy that you got the small straw. <laughs> he may be the one that does the five star reviews. It's probably it could, could be the same guy. It's probably that guy. You're but, exactly uh, but yeah, right. so, so thanks to feedspot.com. We don't know how you ranked us or found us, but we do or, appreciate or, or that. Or why, and, frankly, but no, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, very oh, nice. So man. back to Florida, Ray. Let's only talk about no, I'm Florida. Done. I'm done. 
People love it. I, there's very nice parts of Florida. Don't get me wrong. And I've had some good times in Florida. I just don't know if I could see myself retiring there. Well, the nice thing about the beach people, to their credit, they're mostly nice because they're drunken at the beach. Well, I, fair. You rarely now. I've been to some spots. Uh, we went to Tybee Island. Man, that's off the coast of Georgia. That was that's, off the coast of Savannah. Georgia. I didn't see anybody there without a NASCAR tattoo. Oh, and, like okay. they weren't a very lot nice. Of oh, wow. Now that was now. I everybody I talked to says Tybee's great. So we may have just went to the wrong spot. But you know, if you stay in like anything nicer than the worst hotel. Tell. like people typically are middle class friendly buzzed and like just there to say hey, and, yeah well uh, most well, of these beach places yeah, you know wherever good, you're at so you've been to savannah yeah that's a great town yeah i like savannah yeah savannah's a great town the food cool. is fantastic oh, yeah. the, you Love know the food. nightlife not that that's a big thing anymore for me but yeah savannah's nice we actually went as far as looking at places you know it's what you would pay anywhere i mean it's you know if you're looking at somewhere Twenty two thousand twenty five hundred a month, you yeah. know, to live comfortably and not have to cut your own grass or you know those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice. I mean, especially you get a little condo and then there's not right. Much that's property all. Maintenance yeah, a little condo. And, yeah. yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Somewhere with accessibility. The thing where we looked, it was outside Savannah, and it was so it was probably it was about twenty minutes to Savannah, about forty minutes to Tybee Island, and about an hour to Hilton Head. So nice, pretty nice location. And that's the cool thing, like, when you're sort of in that area, you're like an hour away from so many great yeah. spots. Yeah, an hour away from Florida. Right. If you want to go. Yeah. Hey, and big news on your drive down. I'm surprised you didn't lead with it. Or Mitch McConnell stepping down oh, from I didn't leadership. Hear it. Really? Stepping No, Mitch, when was that announced today? Yeah, just a bit ago. Mitch oh, McConnell no stepping down news. in November uh, from his leadership. Wow. So I don't and I didn't uh, I haven't read yet. I don't know if that means he's stepping down as a senator or just from his leadership role. I would in the say Senate. he won't run again. Now when was he reelected, Trison? Probably uh well uh Charles Booker ran, right? But that was against Rand Paul this last year. So Mitch right. might have two, if not four years left, but I would say he won't run again. But I wonder if that is a foreshadowing of him thinking Trump will, 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 could could win this. I would he's have to. certainly not. You know, they're they're North and South Vietnam now, right? And it's easy to say. You know, I'm sure his health is playing a factor. I mean, obviously, he's it is. getting up there. Yeah, but I would think, man, the the sort of where he's at in the party now, he's kind of an outlier. He is. It's, he's not. Which, and again, I said something to somebody the other day. I would have never thought. You know, in two years, Mitch McConnell would be the one not conservative enough, or not, right. tr no, you know, it. but it's really Trumpy yeah, enough. Conservatives have, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell's a very conservative guy, <laughs> but right, he's not Trumpy enough. Yeah. And he's gotten those people pissed off. And, you know, and I guess, you know, that answers the question as to how Trump stays viable because he is able to marshal those people and they just say, fuck you to whoever's, regardless of, again, it matters not to those people if there's a, ironically, if there's an RD after their name. You can be a Republican in good standing like McConnell, but if you're not MAGA enough, you're out. Well, it's the Liz Cheney syndrome, right? Exactly. Yeah. You, there's nobody more conservative than the Cheney family, for Cheney, God's sakes. Liz voted more right than Trump did and wasn't, you know, wasn't didn't, Trumpy didn't enough. Didn't drink the Kool Aid. That, which is a, just a fascinating place to be in it's this. Very screwed and, up. And, and again, that leads very much into what your brother had sent you, which is that it's not so much politics as it is cultish in the MAGA wing. Well, if you look at I mean, I can read it, I think, if you want. Tommy, yeah, let's who, hear it. You know, I don't want to give him too many shout outs, but he does teach English and probably is a frustrated writer. But he sent um, he sent this. It's a little lengthy. And, eh, fuck it. I'll just read it. It said... Uh, 
So this is my brother. I was talking to somebody recently who observed that the Trump phenomenon is easier to understand if looked at, easier to understand if looked at as a religious movement as opposed to a political one. It was kind of a lightning bolt for me. I found that fascinating and thought it explained a lot, especially as regards the uh, especially as regards the disregard or complete absence of fact. Now, if I may say parenthetically and digress from him, that's going to piss people off, right? That's going to piss off people who have supported Trump and say, well, what do you mean we disregard facts or completely ignore them? <laughs> That's a little uh, bit fair. So Tommy goes on to say that sort of thing is the basis of religion, right? Faith is, by definition, a strongly held belief for which no facts need to be cited. Facts are actually anathema to the fundamentalist Christian, all of whom seem to be on the Trump train. Adam and Eve had one son, had, had, only, had only sons, I'm sorry, Cain and Abel, and peopled the world. Noah got two of everything on a boat, really? God created light and darkness on day one, but the sun on day four? Nah, let's not think too deeply about any of that. It also sheds light on why the less educated and the most Christian, quotes, gravitate to the Trump movement. As to the first, the less, now again, that pissed, those are fighting words. Oh, fucking less educated, what? So he says, okay, as to the first, the less educated haven't been trained to think critically or simply haven't been interested in doing so in 37 years in education i see more of the latter than the former and they're therefore more susceptible to a con give fill in joel olstein jerry falwell your parish priest the rabbi 10 percent of your hard-earned income to glorify god give donald trump 400 dollars for sneakers painted gold so he can get elected and make your life better as to the second, the hyper-religious have always been cult members. They just happen to, in many cases, belong to a cult large enough to have attained the legitimacy to call itself religion. So they don't need or desire facts, just faith. I alone can fix it. Makes no logical sense, but in this context, does not need to. It's an article of faith with Trump, not with logic. This, to me, sheds light on something almost incomprehensible to me. How evangelicals embrace the least Christian man anyone could have ever conceived of. But in the bigger and more dangerous sense, it explains why fact and rational, rational argument gains no traction with these people. Now, you say we've talked a lot about that in different ways I, I feel on like, the show. Yeah, well, I did a top 10 list about, you know, literally the things Donald Trump could do to lose support. And there was nothing he could do to lose support. Right. So and yeah, right. I think we've touched on that dozens of times. And again, I said to you in a text, probably none as eloquently as your brother put it. But yeah, I mean, it definitely is. It's an emotional appeal. It's not a rational appeal. You know, when Bill Clinton went through the stuff Bill Clinton went through, I think a lot of Democrats, he lost a lot of support. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people said, uh, that's a great point, Tristan. Sure. Including us. You know, I, I thought very, very seriously and I didn't get the chance to because the Bush people kind of treated him awfully shitty, but I was looking long and hard at the 2000 John McCain. By the time he ran in 08, he had changed because Tea Party was bubbling up and he had to move right. But the John McCain of 2000 was a reasonable, pragmatic centrist who I looked long and hard at. Now, would I have ultimately voted Al Gore? Probably. But I thought, like, fuck, man, there's a lot of Clinton fatigue. Yeah. I'm a pretty strong, not a pretty strong. I mean, I am a pragmatist and a centrist like you, but my politics certainly lean left, admittedly. But the point you're making is people like us looked and were like, damn, maybe we've had enough of this guy. None right. of that with these MAGA people. Nothing. None of it. Yeah. Which is not rational. It's much more like a religion, faith-based. You yeah. just, you don't, 
you don't have to ask a lot of questions. The whole thing about faith, like Tommy said, is, well, it's a mystery. Right. You know, the priest, oh, it's a mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery. Right. That's, that's why you got to pray to but Trump. But it does, it does explain evangelicals and their affinity for Trump, because it makes no sense on the surface. The guy is a pig. Like, you, like we can say whatever we want, but we know he raw-dogged a porn star, stepped down on every wife he was ever married to, which, by the way, is three. <laughs> Didn't seem to be, and I don't mean to be too judgmental to Donald Trump, but I don't think either Eric or Ivanka or Junior would say, eh, Dad was there at every Little League game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> fair, fair point. Uh, I mean, not the most <laughs> wholesome of people. Yeah. And these evangelical Christians absolutely love him. Go figure, man. Well, he humps a flag when he walks into the he room. And it's like, oh, this fucking, nobody loves America like this fucking guy. And it just like, I think those of us, again, that are looking critically, like our head just figuratively explodes because he gets what he's doing. He does, Tristan, but he humps the fucking flag right. and kisses it. But then, <laughs> but then he stands on that stage and talks about how everything Everything is broken in America, right. which to me is America hating. I've started to say I that agree. to my MAGA sister, and she does not like that. When did you start to hate America like you do? I said it when Tony and Aaron were here, and Aaron, who we love, took offense. Well, what do you mean I hate America? Well, if every other thing out of your mouth is how bad it is under Biden, then to me, that's hate. Yeah, I mean, and I, I won't link Aaron in that crew of hating America. I know Aaron loves America, but but the the I think but my the overarching would say the same, Tristan. But do they? How can you love something? Okay, so let me. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's what I do. <laughs> I didn't like Donald Trump from the day he came down the escalator. I made that clear to anybody who would listen, and I thought at the end of the day I was vindicated. It was a nightmare, his presidency. Some may disagree. I'll stand by. It was a nightmare. Howsoever. Never during his four years did I say, oh, everything is broken and I hate this fucking country now. To, fair. to your point, 100%. to your point, because part of democracy is, OK, we lost in 2016, but hopefully in 2020 we can get it back, which Biden did do. I never from 17, 18, 19, 20 did I say often I said Trump's a nightmare and a charlatan and a bum and a demagogue exhausting. and a liar. Yeah. Exhausting. But I never said, oh, the country's falling apart. The I'm, country's falling apart. These people say it every day. To me, that's hating the country. There is an element and there's so much grievance in the Republican Party that it is fair to point it out that, look, 80% of what's coming out of Trump's mouth. I've never never a person been treated this fair, this unfairly. It's so bad. All the court cases. Well, also, typically the judicial system doesn't haul you in over made-up nonsense. Typically there's fire there. That's why there's a grand jury situation. And then there's an actual jury. And judges look at this stuff. There's just not one corrupt district attorney that says, let's get him. And then the whole process, you're in jail for 20 years. There's a lot of steps in that that allow you to, if you feel like you're being wrongfully accused, and believe me, Trump can afford good attorneys can prove that point, but he's still been taking to taking a trial on all these things. So at the very least, there's smoke there. Yes. And if you want to say every part of that is broken, which he does, the justice system, well, then you're asking your followers to believe that every institution now is is just busted and dying and you know, laying in the dirt, and it's up to me to come in and fix it all. No, Mr. President, sorry. First off, it's not all broken. And secondly, you're going to come in and fix it all? The guy who is grievance, grievance, grievance? I mean, come on, man. There's not a lot of patriotism in when his words. When did conservatives become such fucking snowflakes? 
<laughs> well, no, no, seriously. Wasn't isn't conservatism about bootstraps? Yeah. Fuck all these people beating you up. Get out there and do it for yourself, man. You're a conservative. What are you telling me about all your problems for? Fuck. That's what conservatism is. I, pull yourself up and go get them, cowboy. I think on one of the first podcasts we did, I made the point that, you know, you hear it's the participation trophy crowd and you don't give people shit for nothing and you got to go earn it and you got to do it on your own. And then you're whining about how the country's unfair and I don't like the judicial system anymore. And the FBI has been watching me and the, okay, well, guess what? Our fucking phones are watching all of us. Everybody's being watched. Right. But if you're the leader of the free world, there's probably a few more eyes on you. Yeah. So, Mark Zuckerberg is much more interested in you than fucking Mitch McConnell is. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But no, there, and I think that is a problem and it's not really addressed or publicized by the media is just, how much grievance goes into being a Republican, or at least a MAGA Republican right now. And I am old enough to remember when it certainly was not that way. Now, sure. to be fair, and this is something else that my brother brought up and we had a little discussion about, perhaps, Trisden, when my two uncles, Jamie and Eddie, both long gone now, um, good men, good family men, every, true conservatives, they did all the right things, you know, went to work every day, made nice livings, family men, churchgoers, yada, yada, yada. Churchgoers, I'm not so sure, but. <laughs> Let's say for the sake of this. Um, but maybe it was easier than Tristan to do a bootstrap, pull yourself up when everything was. So we're going back 60s, 70s, even into the 80s when everything was the male dominated patriarchy. Fast forward the next 40 years and boy, a lot of that came under question. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, to me, and this is just my opinion and people can beat me up for it. I think. I shouldn't say the whole, the, the, the transgender movement and so forth is about the people who live that life. But I think it's also a big part of it is just tearing down that patriarchy that's been, if the, how old is the country? Uh, 1776 to 2020. I think it's going to be 250 years in 26. That's right. Okay. 250 years, whatever that is. Quad centennial. I don't know. Whatever that is. We could Google it. 250 years for 220 years. It was a white male patriarchy. Right. That ran America. Yeah. And it was pretty easy to be at the top of that and say, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Now, when everything's getting questioned, oh, that's the owner of, I'll have to call him back. That's the new owner. I'll call him back. But when everything awesome. is getting questioned, when everything's getting questioned, you just, uh, you lose some of that place that's standing where you were at right so now it's not just the patriarchy that controls everything you've got to deal with all this other stuff and it's it gets very confusing that's true it gets very confusing yeah it was a lot easier when the roles were all <laughs> well defined no well <clears throat> yeah not fair but probably more sustained and easier i guess easier for, for guys like us guys like yes me and you certainly not women and minorities right. and homosexuals etc right so yeah well could, and jews and catholics I mean, you've got Jewish blood. I grew up Catholic. I guess I am Catholic. And I've told this story before, Tris, and I never realized the extent to which Catholic prejudice and bias exists. You know, I grew up in, again, North Jersey. Really? Mostly Catholic. Put, lot a, of, put lot a dollar of, in the Jersey jar. A lot of Jewish people. Oh, we'd have a fucking nice savings. <laughs> And, and we, and the poor Jew, the, the poor Jersey jar. Yeah. We oh, should, we should. We should have started that at the beginning of this show. Oh, man, we a could dollar, retire. A dollar no. every time I mention Jersey and a dollar every time you mention being poor. I like it. And or Jewish. We could do them all three. I'm in. But a lot of Catholics in North Jersey, not an insignificant number of Jewish folks. Um, so you never ran into that. Catholics were predominant, man. 
I moved down here, and it's like, oh, that's a cult, man. You know, those Catholics, they're the drinkers, they're the gamblers, they dance at their parties, you know? <laughs> and a lot of Catholic um, bias throughout the rest of, of America. I'm sure it's not in California, but in the middle, where we are here, a lot of Catholic bias. That's true, and it, it's I've never seen it as a hatred, like you do see with some of the other... Well, we're white. Right, races you know. here, but yes. So, so it's less helps. hate, but it's definitely a... Turning your nose kind of sideways. It, yeah, the, the Ku Klux Klan was tree. founded anti-black, anti-Catholic, anti-Jewish. That's how that was the founding. Yeah, because a lot of Jews were coming down. How uh, was that last meeting? A lot of a lot of uh, shh, a lot of the carpetbaggers were Catholic. Yeah, you know, a lot of Northerners. Which and and uh, by the way, I'm sympathetic to the Southerners on that. Fuck this guy coming down from Philly, from Boston, from New York, telling me how I should live. Easy there. So I get that. And, you know, the carpetbaggers that came down after uh, the Civil War during Reconstruction to tell the Southerners how they needed to live. Yeah, that's going to harbor some resentment. Of course, Jewish folks were hated because yeah, everybody hates them. Everybody and they you line know, up. and blacks because they're black. Right. You know, easy enough. No doubt. So now, yes, much simpler world now that we uh, <coughs> are fighting the structure that, no, so it well, is definitely it. complicated. The yeah, no, that's it, Tristan. And, that's the way to put it. Fighting well, the structure, yes. On the heels of the patriarchy, and I don't know if this is a good turn for the show, but I did watch the Barbie movie last night. Have and you, you seen think? that? No, I have not. It was interesting. You know, I've heard a lot of hate, like a lot of right-wing hate. It's, you know, extremely feminist and sort of leans on the kind of men are good and women are or shit women are good men are bad kind of stereotypes and there was a touch of that but i think every it was a decent enough movie certainly worth watching once and i thought they did a pretty good job of showing both sides like, i don't even know what it's about I, I it would take the rest of the show for me and to try to explain it, it uh peacock hbo max i think oh, one, is it on one, max? one of the streamers uh, well yeah. then i'll try it I'll, yeah I'll, it's it's watchable it's definitely watchable and you know it's got some a lot of pink a lot of pink some funny parts you know oh, yeah. it's there's some decent comedy in it periodically so is it trying to like put forth a message the the messaging that i took from it was more so if you're weird or not or whoever you are to sort of accept yourself okay more so than you know, I think Bill Maher had a, a new rules that he did about it, and he was talking about the Mattel board yes. being all men. Yes. And I which thought they show in the movie, which is not the case. Which is not the case. Right. But I, you know, I guess they were trying to make a point for about the sake the, of the for movie, for the sake of the worked. movie, like that. But in reality, of course, it's not. And I think Mars' point was we should actually sometimes admit when we've come a long way because Absolutely we have. True. And I agree with that. But to the point I was making before, if you go back to the age of my uncle Jamie, Uncle Eddie, both World War II vets, that was the board. That was every board. definitely, yeah. and, and that was every board up through probably 1990, Tristan. You know. Mm -hmm. Shortly after, you know, you're maybe a 10 year old kid before that started to change and it started to change at a glacial pace. And I think a lot of what we see in American society now is that, is that, you know, look, how about us? You know, whether, um, you know, regardless of my sexuality, obviously the race issue we've dealt with, my, you know, gender background, yada, yada. You got to deal with me now. It's not just yeah. you white guys running everything for you white guys. Right. And that has caused a lot of confusion amongst people. And I think, frankly, it's given us Trump because you got a guy saying, make America great again. What does he mean? Yeah. Just like it used to be. And just like. <laughs> It used to be. That's sort of yeah. what. That's what should be followed with "Make America Great Again." Yeah. Dot dot dot. Just like it used to be, which right. means what? <laughs> just what the Mattel said. board was all white men, right? Which is yeah. And I think 
I mean, it's a better place, right? When people are represented and, you know, but fuck no, it was better in the fifties. <laughs> Hell no. But you know, it's, we got to deal with it. <laughs> nice. But it, it, you know, it definitely puts the country in a place. And this is the hard part of somebody in the middle or even on the left. It just seems like now every time somebody gets a leg up, somebody else is mad that they didn't get the leg up. And it's just this constant wine fest kind of leading to the Seinfeld clip I sent you. Yes, which you can, which you can talk. I see I go away from the mic, Tris, and I hear myself do that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us about that. It was interesting. Well, it was just a clip. I think I saw it on TikTok. It was just Jerry Seinfeld was being interviewed about uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, a show. And the guy that interviewed him was just like, well... You sure have interviewed a lot of white males, you know, on the show, sort of implying that he was, I don't know, either racist or not paying attention to diversity. And Seinfeld just sort of immediately gets kind of pissed off about it and sort of said, you know, these are my friends. What am I supposed to do? Take a goddamn census before I, you know, bring my friends on the show and make sure I've got, you know, 30 percent black and whatever. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it, it was it was kind of powerful because I feel like, again, you know, if you and I have a show and we've been lucky enough to have folks that are different from us on this show, but like you tend to just happen to be around the folks that you're around. Right. It's Birds not like feather. you're right. Yeah. So yeah, it was a pretty fascinating point and uh, it was just kind of fuck you. I'm bringing my friends on. Right. I'm Jerry Seinfeld. Right. And and to your prior point, if you think about it, Tris, and it's funny since everything has a backlash, it can be exhausting. Okay. So we talk about the Trump exhaustion, which was absolutely true. And you and I suffered from it. And God help us if we have to go through another four years of it, because <laughs> it's a real thing, because he's so insistent upon being in your face every day. But it's also getting a little exhausting to have to not defend, but be open-minded and utilize extreme common sense with all of these far-left movements that everybody's offended and nobody can tell a joke and all those things that where you and I would roll our eyes and say, oh, this is exhausting too. Absolutely. Even if it's all well-intended to work towards inclusion and diversity and all of that stuff, it can get exhausting. Well, that's the thing. We all want to work towards, I mean, not all of us, but, you know, most rational people understand everybody should, within reason, be included, right? We should also have, you know, everybody should have their spot at the table. But I think, you know, we live in a world where, uh, and I'm going to get some of this wrong, but Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, uh, from uh, um, Hamilton. Yeah, from, Hamilton from, yeah from Broadway fame and Hamilton yes. and everything else. Did, uh, what was it, the the musical he redid a couple years ago? Um, it was an old Broadway play. Yes, and he got in trouble because there, right, there weren't. He's, there was, all the actors were Hispanic, but they weren't from the correct country. And it just. That's it, exhausting. That's the stuff, yes. Even in center left that you're like, this is where we are. Like, right. this is what we've got to be right. mad about. Like, and that's pretty good. Absolutely. And. To me, it's incumbent upon those folks to answer that question. Like, what is, because I've said this to Andrew, young guy who works with us at, at Galaxy. You know Andrew. Love Andrew. And, uh, and Andrew is, uh, would you say he's of that movement, perhaps? Uh, and I don't know. You know, the transgender movement. He's very sympathetic to the transgender movement, friends of his who are non-binary, so on and so forth. And my only question, we've talked about this a lot, you know, help, help us help you kind of thing. Yeah. It's like. Can you just tell me, is the end game? Did I tell you about going to the show uh, 
come from away, come from afar. It's the new, Newfoundland, September 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, when the planes are grounded up in Newfoundland off the coast of Canada. No, I don't are you think familiar so. with that? Familiar with it, but yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so we went to see it up at the Opera House. Great play. And Brielle, my daughter, who also very sympathetic to the whole movement, says, hey, Dad, look. at." So there's a merch table. And the person working the merch, merch table, Tristan, is absolutely a they. And they have, you know, I have breasts, man breasts. But these are not man breasts. These are <laughs> full female breasts. Would you assume, a, so a birth male who is... Well, hang on. Okay. Full female breasts with a beard. Okay. And, you know, again, my daughter, who then wound up talking today for five, uh, three minutes or four, because I was like, Brie, we got to go. Um, <laughs> but even to Brielle, it's like, okay, that's interesting, if not IE weird. Like, so is that the envisioned future? Like where everybody is just borrowing from each gender, <sighs> sexual, whatever. Like you have a beard, I have a goatee. And then I, I don't know. So, it, and that's kind of my question to Andrew. And he'll say, well, that's ridiculous. Don't even think about it that way. Well, but there is this movement, and what does that movement hope to do? Eliminate any biological male-female? Just everybody's got breasts and a beard, and now the world's better? <laughs> I think it, it, it... I mean, well, wouldn't it be? But <laughs> it. I guess my answer to that would so be... actually, go fuck yourself would have meaning. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> I think the answer to that question is just we should be working toward a point where Nobody gives a fuck what everybody else is doing with their sexuality, I guess. I think that's Andrew's point and Priel's point, I guess. Yeah. But, and again, I, you know, my wife and I have that conversation occasionally behind closed doors. And, like, nobody's more sympathetic to every person of every sexuality being able to live their life how they want. But there is a point where to a 40-year-old guy that you're just like, God, catches you off guard a little uh, bit. Oh, not, wow. But see, people say that. It's not an age thing. I know plenty of 25-year-old guys and 30-year-old guys that go, oh, you know, this is not really, oh, that generation's going to die off. It's just something that there's always going to be people who find it different and odd and, yeah. you know, are going to be uncomfortable. And I guess the goal is that, again, we're raising generations of younger people that are going to be able to coexist happily and not take those kids out in time to the pickup truck and drag them to death. Like we saw when, you know, in the 1980s, like, look, it's America. You can think that's weird, right? You just can't stop other people from, from living their lives here because it's a free country. But isn't that a huge part of where we find ourselves right now? In, in so again, the, make America great again. I mean, all of this stuff is driving me. So put the conservative hat on for a minute. The, Mer the country was working better before all this came along and all this is causing so much dissension and so much what's wrong with the days of mom and dad at home going to the Little League game and bringing the kids to church on Sunday and the kids were respectful and all of this is causing a breakdown with that and God, I hate it. I mean, it's an argument to be made, but I don't think... Well, what I'm asking, cool. though, isn't that a big part of the MAGA movement is to say... Because they can't come out and say that. Aaron actually got a little offended again, and we always bring him on because he's our great conservative friend, but he got a little offended. You got to quit killing of, our, one of our three sponsors, by no, the way. No, and he's welcome anytime, <laughs> but he did get, by his own admission... He, well, I love Aaron because when mm. we were having the uh, debate about guns, I said, come on, Aaron, you got to admit the cowboy mindset in America. He goes, oh, absolutely, there's a cowboy aspect to owning guns. That's why we like Aaron. He's an honest dude. And he's got every right to get offended at what I say, because because sometimes it's you know not hyperbole, but you know I, I'm a I'm an Irishman. I can embellish and bullshit, but but I sort of went down that road with him of you know the throwback is to a time that was better. You didn't have to deal with all this. His feathers got a little ruffled, but 
I think part of the movement is saying, MAGA movement is saying, times were better before we had to deal with all this. And dealing with all this is exhausting. Yes. And endless. But my and question. we're always being told we're wrong. And we're always being told we're backwards. And we're always being told we're narrow. Ray picked on Aaron. Fuck you guys picking on us. We're just trying to make the country what it was when it was great. Stop picking on us for that. But do, do you or do any Republicans really think that, okay, homosexuals aren't going to exist anymore because Trump's president or like, is this what, is that what the move is? I see. I don't know that, but you you may not hear from them as much, you know, perhaps, or, or, you know, it's, it's a really difficult thing. And it's, but to me, it's, it's so important because it is the divide right now. And, and conservatives are misunderstood. Again, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, but you know, Look, you misunderstand us, Trisden Ray. We're just trying to get this country, and again, it's become a trite phrase now, but literally trying to get back the greatness of when things were better defined and kids were polite and school teachers weren't worried and there wasn't vandalism everywhere and the homeless population wasn't everywhere. And it's you lefties that have allowed so much of this that has made this country terrible. And that's why we find you so offensive because we had a great thing and you people on the left pissed all over it, shit all over it. And now the country's going to hell and you lefties have to be stopped. Well, I mean, you can have that mindset, but I think you could directly tie a lot of homeless issues and different things that you named to, you know, a lack of money being in the, the government to do certain. And now, not that there's not enough money in the government to do things, but there's definitely an argument to be made that there's Republican policies that have directly led to some of this stuff, that it's not just a Democrat societal cause and effect. But boy, you're going to have a hard time telling MAGA that. Well. Or generally conservatives that. I mean, of course. I mean, they're pretty locked that's in church's job tristan church charity is there you don't have to worry about that charity will will be there it doesn't have to come from the government imagine okay if you hate the homeless population now imagine if we got rid of any government help i mean imagine where we would be we'd be tripping all over homeless folks everywhere would be california or san francisco and no, no, don't pick on california we just agree that <laughs> we love california california was a great place but yeah so, it's just a mm. it, it's it's a tough divide um and I do believe that there is a certain element within the conservative MAGA, if those two are even equatable. I think MAGA and conservative are different. Again, there's very many aspects of my life that are conservative. Not too many aspects that are MAGA because you can't disassociate the cult member from the cult. So to me, MAGA is Trump. It's not conservative. Conservatism works. There's a lot of good aspects to it. But I do think a, a driving force in that MAGA movement is people who see a country they no longer recognize and they have people from California and from the Northeast in the Ivy Towers of the Ivy League schools, Ivory Towers of the Ivy League schools to blame for the fucked up country that they have now. And they're going to make that case hard and fast and strong. And there's probably some good points to be made on that note. And I want to ask you about Ultra MAGA on the heels oh, of MAGA. It is ultra MAGA. But first, let's take a quick commercial break and thank, since we've killed Aaron, and uh, we'll thank no, t- no, no. T- I, Tony. We no, no, definitely not. But thank Tony. We do epoxy. Uh, Berea Pond rolling again. Aaron, thank you so much. And come back and you can come back and yell at Ray. Dad's flooring. Uh, Troy with Front Porch Studios and Nate at Stove Leg Media. And with that, let's take a real quick break and then we'll be right about right back to discuss Ultra MAGA. Yes, 
Berea Pond is back and open for business. After a full building renovation, Berea Pond is open again at 107 Clay Drive in the all-new Dad's Flooring Building. No more furniture and pallets, but a great selection of guns and ammo, knives, jewelry, coins, plus pre-programmed digital TV boxes with literally every channel. Cheap! So check out Berea Pond, their new old location at 107 Clay Drive. Ray, let's talk ultra maga. I'm dying to hear. So is this an actual phrase that's bubbled up now? I guess so. And this is this was on the truck that I sent you pictures of on my drive home from vacation. The guy white seemed power. he had he had a white pride sticker on the truck. We need to get him on the show. It'd be fun to talk to that guy. Yeah. And uh, so white pride and ultra maga. So I mean, it does go without saying. Like that guy's a pretty strong racist, right? Like, is there a common sense middle where maybe he just Take so much pride in his race that he's not racist. I, I you know, I, yeah, can you stand up and say, "Hey, I'm proud to be white, and I want to, you know, I want to uh, uh, exp- not explore, but I want to, you know, celebrate. I want to celebrate that. I'm proud to be white. I, I don't know. You can't do that. You cannot do that. No. Okay. I mean, that's like saying. <laughs> but wouldn't that then piss somebody off who said, "Well, you mean I can't do that? I'm a fucking white person. I'm proud to be white." Well, can't you be proud of everything else uh, inside well, of humanity? Well, that's where it gets without? exhausting, right? Right. So, but anyway. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. I got to be proud of everything else. Can I just be proud of being white for a day and you fucking people on the left leave me alone? No, man. You can't. Okay. Well, it's that's the a, friction then. Say, yeah. So that is what this guy feels like he can put on his truck, white, you know, white pride. Yeah. But I just, I find that most of the time you see that phrase, it's sort of followed by some rebel flags and some burning crosses. Right. So I, there is, yeah, it, or it is. Yeah. And I don't know if there, I mean, is but again, trying to be fair, which is my life. Um, every person in MAGA then gets defined by that guy. Well, there are, yeah. And unfairly so most, I don't know about most, but like a, a lot of MAGA folks, certainly most of the ones I know, aren't also don't happen to be or aren't racist. So there is some crossover, obviously, with that guy. It's ultra MAGA and white pride, oh. and and there's a perceive there's a perception that is a reality on that fringe. Okay, so I tried to make my point as to what MAGA is. So you say most of the MAGA folks I know, obviously here in Central Kentucky, you know a lot. So you tell me what you think they're after and what you, what you think MAGA means to them. People who are actually proud Trump supporters. Oh, man. I mean, again, I think you covered it in, in your brother's message. It's just it's a feeling. It's, uh, you know, it's the there is a pride there that they take. And as a group, they get together and have these big events and, you know, go watch him speak. And it has very little to do with politics, if anything at all. Like, you know, outside of maybe build the wall and lock her up, there's not a lot of like, oh, we need to look at the tax rate and micromanage, you know, some of the stock prices. You know, there's not a lot of sincere effort in politics, I think, with the group, right? It's just a feeling and certain big, broad issues that can be summed up in three or four word phrases. Yes, but politics are, by their nature, big and broad. I always say one of the reasons I love politics is because it permeates literally every aspect of your life. It does. So under that umbrella, what is it that you think these folks see that's wrong, or or what do you think they feel is wrong with society? Well, I I would say, I don't know if it's what they see that is wrong with society, but I think, you know, you can certainly point to, you know, Trump coming down the escalator that you mentioned earlier and sort of ranting on Mexicans. And I think that spoke to a a certain group of people. Now, I'm sure he's... That's what I thought, man. And this guy's actually saying it. Yeah, that's it. So, 
you know, there's definitely a racist element and you, you see it on some of these message boards online and sort of the dark Twitter stuff. Like there's some racism in the corners of this party and in, in, in the corners of the MAGA movement. I, and again, I don't think most of these people are, are racist, but it's there. And, you know, I think we may have said on the show a year ago, like if you are racist, you know, which side you're going to be on, right? Like typically, and it's not that there's no racists on the left and I'm sure there are plenty, but you're definitely more welcome with that Confederate flag and, you know, at a MAGA event than you would be at a, you know, yes. whatever kind of pussy hat wearing liberal event. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. But then they would turn around and say, right, but those people are just as narrow because they certainly don't want any Trump sticker at the pussy hat event. Sure. And then both sides are exclusionary. No question. Yes. So exclusionary. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't, and we could do a whole show and, you know, shitting on the left and, and we probably should do that more. But I think, I guess my problem that I have with that in this period of American history, it feels like it's hard to talk about how fucking annoying and awful our party is when you feel like the alternative is losing your voting power and losing the democracy. So as much as I want to sit in some days and say, you know what, Joe Biden does seem a little old or, you know, dive onto that. It's, it's not worth the alternative of, you know, MAGA forever. I like the country. I like the ability to vote. Right. And we can go back to where we started this, however long ago it was with the whole Clinton thing. There was a lot of Clinton fatigue. And sure, there were backers of Clinton who were never not going to be. But there were a lot of questions asked. Many more questions that have been asked by people in MAGA. Again, Fair. I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and these people will still love me. The man said that himself five years ago. <laughs> right. I mean, give him credit. He it, knew his audience. He knew his base. That 30% or 35% or whatever is absolutely there. He certainly There's, knew that base. And yeah. they haven't moved and they're not going to move. So now the question becomes, I mean, Nikki Haley can't can't go any further. I mean, I guess she can stay till Super Tuesday. But Trump is going to be the nominee. It's right. pretty static. It's going to be yeah. Trump-Biden. Which is pretty fucking amazing when you have the Trump haters, the Biden haters. It's going to be Trump Biden, right? Right. So that's going to be your fucking binary choice, right? Bobby Kennedy will get what every third party gets, 5%. It's a, it's a question as to who that 5% draws from. And in a close race as this will be, 5% could make a difference. Definitely. But, you know, what about those seems to be 25% of Republicans that really do outside MAGA who, who don't or aren't Biden people um, who don't like Trump, who, who, who don't like him for all the reasons that we've t talked about ad infinitum. What happens to them in November? It's a great question. I mean, I think you're going to see some abstain, some take the Kennedy route, and probably if they hate Trump bad enough, of course, they'll throw their hold their nose and vote for and Biden. And vote for him? Oh, yeah. and vote for Biden. Well, right. that's the thing, right? So yeah. if, you, if you're if you a strategist in the Democratic Party and you can figure out how to get, ah, man, you don't need much, three, five percent. Yeah. Just, a, you know, in, in another 50-50 race, which is what this is going to be, whoever wins, Trump or Biden, you know how they're going to win? 50.4 to 49.6. Right. That's the fucking election. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So in an election that razor thin, how do you figure out to get that 3% or 5% of Republicans who might actually vote for Biden as a protest against Trump? Right. And again, that's a... You're, you're just hoping the weather's right. And I mean, anything could throw this election, at least as it stands now. Oh, come on, Tris. And Democrats figure that all out. That's, you know, ask the MAGA folks. They've, you know, they mail in ballots and early <laughs> voting. And, you know, Democrats have that all figured out. Well, and I always go back to, I, as a Democrat, 
they're not that smart. They're not, they're not you know, well, that's the thing. It's these crisis actors and, and it's all fake. And it's like, so this same completely inept party that literally, you know, can't pull out any number of ridiculous yes. things are Whoa. have get worldwide conspiracy to, to give me a fucking. Break. That's what I love about my sister's text. Who gets mad at me because don't call me a right wing magite. Well, you're a right wing magite, <laughs> but the first text will be Biden was, uh, you know, can't eat an ice cream cone. He's addled and Jill follows him. He has to lead him around and he's, you know, should be put to pasture. And then in the next text is Joe Biden has done this and done that. Well, it's one or the other. Right. He can't be right. this fucking evil genius who's figured everything out to fuck you while he can't eat an ice cream cone. He's know? working on a plan with the CIA SEAL Team 6 and Taylor Swift to steal the election. And it's like, also, he drools and can't put together three sentences. It's got to be one or the other, right? Yeah, it, it is hard to... All right, what else you got, man? We're starting to get long in the tooth. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about John... Ol and we can do this quickly. The John Oliver's Last Week Tonight show. And it was fascinating because... You have probably got these texts. I've got these texts, but I didn't know what the scam was. And it's called pig butchering. Okay. Any, inf any idea what no. that is? So explain, enlighten me, brother. So you get the text messages every now and again that says like, Hey, Jill, are you going to the game tomorrow? And like the text messages that are, you know, non sequiturs and just random. And so we all know those are spam, right? And right. you get some of those and I get some of those. Well, apparently the deal with those and what they do eventually, if you start responding, is you'll have conversations for a few days. And these people, some of which can be Chinese slaves mm. that are sitting there in these phone centers making uh, sending these texts out. Well, anyway, they their job is to make, basically make friends with you over like weeks or even months trying to get you to eventually invest your money into a crypto scheme. Mm. And what they do is to make it seem like it's reasonable is like, oh, we don't want your money. You just download this app that's this crypto app and you do your own thing. I've just made a lot of money on it and it's really good. So over the course of time, if you indulge these people, they will attempt to earn your trust like give you a link to this app that you can invest your own money. And in. some people have invested millions of dollars into these apps that just went right. You know, it's going to this, this group of people that are just fleecing you. And I thought that was fascinating because I mean, that is, it, it feels like we all kind of know and love to do, right? You'd yeah. Like in with those people. Well, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't <laughs> send you my money, but I would, you know, I could use it on my own app or whatever, but yeah, so it was fascinating. So that is sort of what happens with those, these, Text messages that you, everybody who listens has received those messages. And that was Oliver's big piece. That, that was, was the his, big piece yeah. this week. So, yeah, I was fascinated by that. So, yeah, it uh, it, it strikes a lot of lonely people and right. people who are older that don't have folks and they'll just sit for something to do and text. Well, again, not, not to defend the seniors, but, you know, it seems to be my lot now as I've become one. Uh, actually, Tristan, online scams, uh, young people are much more susceptible. Why? Because they're on those those devices all the time. Mm. Old people aren't on the devices as much. Young kids, and we have an example at work, and I certainly won't name who it was, but this is a cat who is very well-versed in, in technology, and he got completely taken by a company who he thought he had a job with, who they said, uh, put $2,500 down, that'll be the down payment on the computer and that you need, and this and that, and it was a complete scam. Wow. And he lost that money, oh 29 God. years old. So young people are actually more susceptible to online scams because they're online That's all fascinating. The time. Well, I will say this, like the real-world example that I have, and I may have mentioned it on the show, but I have a coworker whose mother-in-law, or excuse me, grandmother-in-law, 
was taken by one of these guys on, I guess it was Facebook and was just sending him money and ended up. Now this is a lady in Irvin single, uh, you know, uh, widowed grandma had sent like $50,000 over the course of three or four payments to this guy who was supposedly, you know, like, you know, this suave going to come marry her or whatever. I remember a night where I walked in and Patty's not an idiot and we've never had a problem with that thing, but she was ready to not sign anything over, but it was one of these vacations. And, and this is years ago, 25 years ago, not long before computers, but this was just a telephone thing. And this guy got pissed because I interjected and I'm like, honey, what is, no, fuck this guy. So I'm like, Hey, what, what, you know, what's your interest? Tris, and we have no interest in this, you know? Oh, what, what are you talking? Put, put your wife back on. She's ready. Fuck that. You're done, man. We're not doing this. All right. right. You know? Sometimes you just got to see through stuff. Yeah, and what was it? It was like, a, a, you know, come stay with us. It was timeshare, and they yeah. wanted you to sign this and come down, and we're going to give you a grand time. Now, we did actually uh, not fall victim to that. What happened was we got – it was um, – so we when Braille graduated – got her master's um she wanted to go she grew up a huge harry potter fan and universal built the harry potter thing so i think it was 2016 we went down but we went down and got a free hotel in orlando in exchange for the pitch right so i did go on one of those pitches and the hotel that they put us up in was only okay it was they called it a resort but it was a very old resort it was okay but it was certainly nothing great but the place they brought us to, so so it was a three-hour deal. The kids stayed and did their thing. Patty and I go over, and this fucking place is beautiful, Tristan. It's palatial. It's it's like, oh, wow. And I made the mistake of saying um, we had just found a little bit extra money. I was like, well, you know, that money from Lake George, or maybe instead of putting it, eh, oh, so now they heard that. And it oh, no. Up. And, man, it was the hard sell right to the point where I was like, nah, guys, I think we're going to – well, no, hang on, hang on. Now, let me let me have you talk to Trisden, who's part of this, that. Here, I'll tell you what. Take these down. Get yourself a couple – some kind of t- drink vouchers. Take these down to the pool. Hang out for about an hour. Come back up. I mean, they got food. They've got drink. They take you to the timeshare that you would get, and it's just beautiful, like three rooms, two bedrooms, a living room, washer, dryer. I mean, it was a hard sell. And these people were – and we didn't do it, thank God – but these people were actually pissed. Like, how yeah. dare you can't leave us? You know, you've t- we've taken our time. You know, no. Sometimes again, you just gotta say, oh, right? Hey, my bad. I almost fell for this pitch, but I'm not falling for it. I'm out. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> no doubt. What's funny you say that? I actually I booked a hotel room uh, two weeks ago, and it was through like Holiday Inn. It was one of the big ones. And then after I got off the phone from booking the room, they said, "Hey, do you have time to stay on the line?" And that's what it is. Like they call it something else. It's not timeshare, no. but it's they. You know, we, we're giving you four days vacation wherever you want. You just got to do the two hour yeah. thing. And they said it's so much different. There's like you know a lot of bad press. It's different now. No, it's different. not as no. It's exactly <laughs> the same thing. And I would do that. Like I would go sit through it. But my wife, no chance. Yeah, well, that's go basically what we did. Yeah, and, and and it is a hard sell. That yeah. two hours turned into four because yeah, it's two that you get the pitch and yeah, you're maybe rolling your eyes, but. They then, you know, they hit it. And then when I'm talking with Patty and I'm like, ah, you know, this is really nice, yada, yada, maybe. And then he heard, oh, there's a little bit of money there. Oh, okay. Oh, that's rough. And, and I'm susceptible. Day, well, I didn't do it, and I don't believe I've ever been scammed. Well, I had and, money stolen, but I wasn't same. scammed. No, and I almost say yes to everything. I'm a yes guy, so I would do bad at one of those. Part of that is my makeup, too, right? Yeah. You know, you don't want to offend the guy. Oh, fuck the guy. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit about no. you. He just wants your money. That's it. Too funny. And those guys, I'm sure, are some of the best salesmen in the world. Yo, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I mean, sure I'm, they are I'm so well I'm much bolder on this 
podcast than I actually am in real life. You know, I'm much more mellow and go along to get along. Well, Tin Men. Did you ever see Tin Men with a young Danny DeVito, a younger Danny DeVito? Alec Baldwin's in it. Uh, it's a great cast. It's a David Mamet, uh, who's a great playwright. And they're aluminum siding salesmen in the early days of aluminum siding. Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah, check out it. Tin Men. Oh, check it yeah, out. It's probably the 80s. But I mean, it's, you know, oh, Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon's oh, yeah. in it. Very it's nice. hardcore. Man, it's a great yeah. cast. But, you know, these dudes are hardcore. They're getting aluminum siding sold to, you know, housewives in suburbia. And it's like, you know, that's it's, awesome. it's all in. This is a hard sales pitch. Yeah. I've never been able to do a hard, and I've done sales now basically my entire adult life. But I, I mean, a hard sell for me, man, makes me feel like a, like shitty. Like I, I always tell everybody, like just try to take care of your customers because I'm not right. going to be. Oh no, you don't want to pass up this deal. Like it's not really my DNA. Now I struggle with that. The person you work for, who I had a very nice conversation with yesterday, he was pretty good at that. I bet he he would be. Yeah, yeah. But he he believed in the product. I mean, believing in the product is part of it. You know, and I do believe in the product, but at the same time, like there's just something that feels. You know, if somebody tells you no, I'm not going to make you say no three times. Look, I'll call you for the next one. Maybe you'll want to do that one, yeah. right? And you're better at that than I was. That was de- definitely what turned me uh, turned me off about selling. Um, but but it, it is a particular personality type, and and it's you know as Tony, our friend Tony Perkins, will tell you. Everybody says um, prostitution is the oldest business. No, sales is the oldest business <laughs> because before the prostitute got together with her client, her John, they had to make the sale. So t- good point. Te- yeah, technically, yeah. sales is the oldest business. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Nice. So uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, also, I did see the ultra ultra MAGA uh, white pride truck, but I also going through South Carolina, saw Nikki Haley's uh, Yeah, you bus, texted me that day. Which was pretty cool. That is cool. And I didn't text you this on the drive home. Now, I can't confirm this. On the drive home was the Saturday of the South Carolina primary. Okay. Driving down the interstate, uh, almost in Columbia, there was like a five-vehicle motorcade, and I would almost guarantee it was Trump going to give his columbia speech oh wow that night so i feel like and i know i passed nikki on the way down i feel like i also passed trump on the way down. How about that yeah there so you go. Pretty, but i can't confirm it was cool. just like a big line of black you know speeding vehicles. now back to john oliver did you see um john stewart's uh, with his dog that got a lot of Man. press I, yeah. I actually watched the show so he's done three i've caught the second two i missed the first one yeah and he's so good he's good that was yeah. palestine and israel and and the the jewish and and israeli i mean the israeli and arab writers who are friends right and i mean he's just so good but yeah he closed that show with his 11 year old pitbull's death and god dang it was you did you cry oh i did cry you faggot <laughs> No, uh, I, Troy, I, tear, I tear it up. We're going to need you to cut, yeah. cut <laughs> that. Uh, no, no. It's I, not the I, 90s I, anymore, Ray. God damn it. Make America great again. And I can call you a faggot. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, but, Trump's elected. Nothing but, but faggots. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was very, very touching. I mean, oh, Scott, he loved that dog, huh? I was laying there in bed. And what guy can't relate to losing a dog, right? In my eyes, just. Just that know. line about in, in a world of good boys, he was the best boy. It's like, oh, yeah. John, jeez. Oh, man. In my eyes were just, yeah, it was too much. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, that's you know, old Yeller. Like, I, you can't watch that stuff. Yeah, Nothing with old dogs Yeller dying. Died, man. Yeah, they're all too much. And uh, Turner and Hooch. That was the problem with that. You can't kill yeah, Hooch, man. That's what. Yeah, Tom God. Hanks said for years. He, you never kill the fucking dog. <laughs> you can't kill the dog. There's like he, he had puppies. Didn't matter. You can't kill the, can't dog. Kill the dog. Ruin the movie. But uh, <sighs> yeah. do you want to talk about embryos being people in Alabama before we go? Oh, man, I don't get it. Can you explain it? Uh, it's 
pretty fascinating. And it seems like, you know, if their goal is to have more babies, like messing up these people that want to do IBF or I, whatever it's called. Is it, I, does it mess? Yeah. It's, uh, in, yeah. In, in, in vitro, vitro fertilization. IFB, so, in vitro. Yeah. Uh, in vitro fertilization. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it feels I, like maybe counterproductive. I just I don't understand the whole thing. Like so, the Supreme Court ruled that the uh, Alabama Supreme Court, uh, uh, right? So so people have these embryos, which are eggs taken from the woman. Correct. Okay, and they're frozen. Yeah, in the hopes that they can use them at a later date to try to, to fertilize. And so they have a baby. put the egg back in to the woman. Yeah, surgically or insert it with a turkey baster, whatever they do. Yeah, it's smarter okay. than me, but and then they try again, and and so. <clears throat> some odd stuff man yeah and, and good on science for being able to do that but yeah i guess part of this law sort of immediately allowed or me- immediately forced folks who were holding those embryos to i guess let them go yeah so what was the suit that was brought that the supreme court ruled on i, I should be more familiar with yeah. that to have the conversation i don't know right and so they've ruled that embryos are have the same rights as children yeah now, SNL spoofed it by bringing, did you see SNL? I did. The dude comes out, he's the frozen embryo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Right. Uh, yeah, I, we should, we'll have to verse ourselves. We'll talk, we'll, we'll read things and come back and talk about it. But yeah, that's, I don't know, that's a rough place. It was uh, the girl on, uh, the woman on uh, Seth Myers made a funny joke about it last night. She said, uh, Oh, God, what was it? She said, well, if this is the case, I'm taking my 39 eggs, I'm moving to Alabama, and they're all on my tax returns. Well, there you go. I was like, right. good call. Yeah. yeah. Call them all dependents yeah. and, and, there you and go. see how quick the conservatives say, oh, oh right. wait a minute, we didn't mean that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. funny. Take them as deductions. Yeah, no doubt. So, all right, man, you, you guys got a little humor. I, I, I didn't write anything, but I picked up some five-star reviews from uh, Oh, I love the five-star so. reviews. So <laughs> let, me just, let me just open and... Sweet. Oh, no. This is going to be rough. An Englishman, a Frenchman, a Spaniard, and a German are out for a walk. They stop to watch a street performer who's excellent at juggling. The juggler notices the four men have a bad view from where they stand in the crowd, so he climbs on a large wooden box and shouts, Can you all see me now? Yes, we see ya. Yes is the Eng- is the American. Oh. Or the Englishman. Oh, that's a we, we is oh, the Frenchman. C ah. is the Spaniard. Mm. And Ja. Is the German, Englishman, Frenchman, Spaniard, German? Yes, uh, yes, we see ya. That's funny. Not really. <laughs> that was a rough one, man. That 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 was that was a visual a visual joke. Oh, here's one for my brother. Nice. Did you hear about the English professor who went to jail? No. She got a full sentence. Oh, ah, that's not too we'll bad. End on that, <laughs> a little better. Dad's jokes brought to you by Dad's flooring. Nice, and I'll just give the uh, we do epoxy and Berea Pond, and I think I almost just spitefully make them the sponsor of these because they're so bad that I just I want to tie them into our sponsor. But they are legit. They people, are real. The, these are to... completely real, and I, I hope the listeners will leave some of these. So, and I'll, maybe I'll use yours. Um, so, yep, just uh, some five-star views I pulled off of Spotify. I'm always anxious to hear the these. drive over. Um, okay, so this is interesting. Trisden, this is your dead Uncle Carl. I just wanted to let you know that hell is listening to your iPod or to your podcast on loop. <laughs> so my <laughs> dead Uncle Carl, Carl, I guess, is You the, figure the that's joke. where Uncle Carl wound up? I mean, that's what he says here in the... Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. So, it's yeah. just good society in that place. 
Also, nice the, the, that the weather's better in heaven. Maybe hell is is but, is on feed spot. They're feeding them the yeah, so maybe that's why we're that the, the listeners be. in hell have that bumped up our. Be. Yes, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, wouldn't it be hell to listen to us endlessly? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the hell for our wives. <laughs> if they go down, <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be their life. That is that hell. Be... They've already lived it. They should probably go to heaven. They've already been in hell. Yeah. All right. Uh, another five star view here. Uh, I've never questioned the need for free speech until I heard your last episode, and now I'm open to discussing limits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I get fair. It. Yeah. I mean, if you do want to end free speech, I could hear. Our podcast being the reason for that. Uh, five stars. Um, all right. How about this one? You know how sometimes when dogs have sex, after copulation, they will be stuck together for a few minutes as the male dog's penis returns to normal size. Mm. For some reason, that process reminds me of this podcast. Huh. Five stars, though. That seems mean. That's kind of mean. Yeah, man. But five stars. All right. Looks. Uh, I'll just. I'll do two more. Hearing reasonable common sense opinions in a highly divided world is certainly a breath of fresh air. I absolutely love your podcast. Five stars, George Santos. Ah, he was lying because George Santos on yeah. the eyes. Well, that sucks. I thought we had a good one for once, but it was. It's nice to know George is listening though. Yeah, yeah. We should bring him on as a guest. I, that's why he listens. I, I did send him a request. Yeah. Let's see. As a person with clinically diagnosed self-loathing, I feel right at home listening to your opinions for an hour a week. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Five stars. Thank you. Always good to hear those. Yeah. So thank God for people Genuine reviews. diagnosed self-loathing. All right. So again, have no idea what we accomplished or what we accomplished or if we accomplished, but we'll try it again next week. Knock the rust off at least after a week yeah, off. Yeah. A couple <laughs> weeks off. Yeah. How about that? All right. Thanks, Tris. Good seeing you, Ray. Take care.